0: Triple H FM Sports in association with Atlas Chartered Accountants. The Post, Hornsby RSL, and ISC Sports welcomes you to Splinters, your no holds barred sports podcast. And now here's your host, the Raging Bull, Anthony Caruso. Good evening and welcome to Splinters, the Bench Podcast
1: on Triple H 100.1 FM, streaming on the web at triple and available for download. At podcast.com, triple HFM.com.au, and wherever you get your podcasts. Anthony the Bull Caruso with you, and we are continuing our awards season for the year of 2022. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, it is time for the 2022 Golden H's. This is the second period of our awards ceremony, and we it is time to now honor the best of sports throughout the year itself. We had the Wood Ducks last year. We celebrated the worst. Now it's time to celebrate the best. Joining us, first off, our proud steamroller roller himself and back from his, from his, I guess, tour of duty playing international sport, Arian Shah. Good evening to you.
2: Good evening. And it's great to be back. I'm looking forward to this.
1: Now, you have to tell us a little bit because you're now an international sports star.
2: Yeah, I was in Rome uh, in September not too long ago for an international, intercontinental challenger event. I managed individually and in the team's event to get to the quarterfinals in my quest to get to the Paris Paralympic Games. So very exciting.
1: Brilliant, brilliant performance. We could have a, a a Paralympian athlete before you know it here on Triple H Sports. Joining us as well tonight, he is the grand announcer for the MacArthur Bulls. Get Those cowbells ringing, ladies and gentlemen. Please welcome Nick Kutnyak. Good evening to you.
3: The number one, your captain, Anthony, the Raging Bull, Caruso. Uh, Just Um, practicing. Hi, Anthony. How are you, Ariane? Great to be with you once again. And and look, you know what? It probably puts a dagger in Caruso's heart because he can't get a gig in the A-League, yet I can. And you know what? I haven't ground announced too many times before I got the gig. So, you know what, Anthony? Stuff
1: you! (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that may be the case. But you know what? I still got the better game last year. Let's face it.
3: Yeah, but you know what? At least I don't have complaints against me. Boom, tish.
1: Oh, yeah. But what do you expect when you have an 80-year-old former referee complaining about the noise? (laughs) If you want to go complain about the noise, go back to your retirement home. You're at a football game. It's going to get rowdy there. Just accept it for what it is, okay?
3: <laughs> oh, geez! I'll tell you now. On the pier here, uh, the, the fishing is very good. Very it is. Good. It,
1: good, good bit of schnapper there.
3: Yes. <laughs> isn't it, just quickly, I know it's off the beaten path, and I know I'll probably get edited out of this, right? But isn't it very European that we always say, Snapper, Skippy, and all that. For some reason, we like the when, when we're saying those words, we like to emphasise by going Schnapper, Skippy,
1: Skiff. <laughs> no, I shouldn't say that one, but anyway, <laughs>
3: you don't say what you're about to say.
1: Yeah, uh, no, it, it is it is a very ethnic thing to do, but we love it here. It is it is of course time for the Golden Haters to celebrate the very the very best of sports. We've got eight awards to give out, plenty of mentions. So let's not waste any time. The stage is set, the awards are polished and ready to go, and we are set for the start. Ladies and gentlemen, for the Golden H's, this is Splinters. I'm going to kick things off here tonight with award number one. And ladies and gentlemen, it is the Claudio Ranieri Award for the Upset of the Year. This, of course, goes to the individual or team that caused the biggest upset in sport in honour of of the great man, Kylia Ranieri, for what he did with Leicester City back in 2015-16. And Nick, we still have fond memories of that Premier League season.
3: Yes, uh, you might. I don't really give a damn, to be honest. (laughs) (coughs) If it's not
1: Man U winning, I don't give a toss. Mate, it was 5,000 to one. No one gave them a chance, and they did it all.
3: It was was a weird year. We had a lot of uh, upsets, and... uh, Surprising victories and uh, people, uh, so to speak, uh, breaking their maidens, which was fantastic to watch in that year. And, uh, diddly
1: ding, diddly dong.
3: Yeah, pretty much. Let's get into the nominations because the first cab off the rank, the Northwest Sydney Spirits, it was a great achievement. They became the first club in over 30 years to win the Waratah Cup from a second tier competition. Now, I've got to say, I have to actually give a kudos as well in this same competition because there was a team from Wollongong, oddly enough, called Wollongong United. Uh, they, <laughs> believe it or not, they were in the final four and they, look, they, they had the, the – Spirit FC sort of had the luck of the green playing this Wollongong United side of that play in the Illawarra competition. But still, they won against a side that was very red hot, that beat a few League One teams, and then Spirit FC got into the final and they defeated Sydney United 58. And it was a cracking game of football at the Blacktown City Sports Centre. And even though, and not that I have bias when I call games on TV, but I am a United supporter and I will admit that because I grew up, I played at the junior club, but I was sort of cheering on, spirit because it was just a remarkable story to watch this side. And, and, you know what, forget about just the Waratah Cup achievement. This side are into the MPL, and they deserve to be in the main competition in 2023. They had a great season and, look, people can say, oh, but, you know, it's getting extended to 16 teams from 12, but they actually deserve to be there and they would have been in the 12, if it was a 12-team competition because they were comfortable leaders and it's great to see Spirit FC in there and uh, next season they're going to have absolute rip-schnorter of a season.
1: Oh, they absolutely will. Ariane, our second nomination. Yeah, well, we've seen lots and
2: lots of upsets in the World Cup so far, the football, but it all started in the qualifiers with North Macedonia beating equally out of all teams usually a certainty to play the tournament. And the biggest, feel on the biggest in the World Cup qualifiers for 2022, but not just there uh, in football in general in recent times.
1: None more painful inflicted on the Italians or maybe North Korea beating them back in 1966. Nicholas, <clears throat> nomination number three.
3: Yes, and as we do go to the MLB, I want to give another kudos because this team deserves it. it. It's the Seattle Mariners because they were absolutely struggling over the last couple of years. They finally got back into the finals. It's been a long, long time since they've been to the finals. I'll tell you how long ago, uh, probably the early 2000s. That's how long ago it's been. But they got a wild card berth. But even more amazing was the season from the Philly uh, from the Phillies, right? The Philadelphia Phillies, from the worst team in the MLB to winning the NLCS competition, being beating the uh, San Diego Padres, who were expected to run very close to winning the World Series. So uh, just an amazing situation to see the Phillies there. It was a, a crazy old year in the MLB and uh, a top job by the team from Philadelphia.
1: Ariane nomination number four. Yeah, and this certainly
2: surprised a lot of people. South Africa in the 2020 World Cup, first in their group, uh, riding very high, one of the only teams to beat India in the group stage, getting offset slightly by Pakistan, but almost a certainty to beat the Netherlands. But no, uh, the Netherlands caused probably arguably one of the biggest chokes of cricket in history, upsetting South Africa and giving Pakistan a spot in the semi-finals—an unbelievable game and one that I'm sure will hurt South African fans for a long time. But may even breathe light, life into Dutch cricket.
1: Four great nominations there—a difficult one to pick throughout this altogether. Um, I think, though, for the sheer audacity of the result, the impact it could have, the reopening of wounds, we have awarded this to the Dutch national cricket team. What a win it was against South Africa. It's torn them to shreds. They may come to, to the Test Series in Australia, but I'll tell you what, they're still going to be smarting from that T20 World Cup. So congratulations to the Dutch national cricket team, they follow on from Emma Ranakanu in winning the Claudio Ranieri Award for the upset of the year. We now move on to award number two. It is the Eric Cantona Award for comeback of the year, and Nicholas, we have awarded this last year to Big Ange Postacoglu for what he has done for his coaching career, especially at Celtic, and we have got some rip snorters of nominations this year.
3: Well, we start off with the special Ks or the, the Brat Pack, a.k.a. Nick Kyrgios, get off your Twitter, and Tanasi the cock Well, <laughs> oh, we shouldn't laugh. I'm about to say, serious, guys, so we shouldn't laugh. Traveling <laughs> with mental and physical demons to winning the 2022 Australian Open doubles titles and breathing new life into doubles tennis. But also, we got to commend Nick Kyrgios. Yes, he got a Clayton's run through into the, the final. But this guy went to the All England Club to play in a final Wimbledon. Like, seriously, the guy who just keeps on saying stupid things somehow got there. It just shows he's a great tennis player. And, uh, yeah, Kyrgios and, and also, as I said, Cock has a terrific year for him as well. So they are the first cab off the rank.
1: Ariane Shah, nomination number two.
2: Well, Alexander Mitrovic, he has to be considered one of the greatest managers to carry both Fulham back into the English Premier League and Serbia to the World Cup. Incredible, two incredible achievements.
1: A great striker. He's been in incredible form so far this year. Alexander Mitrovic gets a mention here. Nicholas, number three, you're going to have some fun with this one. There was a song by
3: a band called Hot Chocolate, and it was, it started with a kiss. That's what happened with Millie Boyle and the alleged situation in a restaurant in 2021. Well, what about that? From the 2021 shenanigans, Uh, while everybody was in Queensland, it seems like, uh, during that COVID period where you couldn't play rugby league in New South Wales. Well, it ended up with a premiership in the NRLW for Newcastle and she was the captain. A great season by Millie Boyle. Uh, Being serious, she's a very good player, but look, there's a lot of humour to it and all I can say is just be careful when you're in a bathroom. Anyway, moving on to the next one.
1: Well, before we do that, we should give her congratulations as well because not only did she cap off a premiership, I think she ended up with a ring on her finger as well did she not In the bathroom? No. She's engaged.
3: Oh, yeah, but was the engagement in the bathroom? That's all I want to know. Oh,
1: I I'm not I, answering that one. I'm
3: asking a question. <laughs> That's all I'm asking. Okay,
1: we're just asking questions here on Splinter. Exactly. Ariane, nomination number 4
2: this is Karim Benzema so he almost lost his entire career after an extortion attempt On the team, but then went on to win the Balloon Dior,
1: the Balloon Dior for 2022. No one saw this coming. Absolutely, no one saw this coming. Um, Nicholas, number five.
3: Look, I don't like giving kudos to this team, but I think they deserve it because they have had one hell of a season. Melbourne victory. They had a terrible season in twenty 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 one but in twenty one twenty two they capped it off with a championship <laughs> like what <laughs> what how 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 did they win a championship but they did it they did it quite well it's good to see though they are struggling this year in some respect I know they had a win on the weekend but they haven't had a great start to twenty two twenty three but you got to give some kudos to Melbourne Victory,
1: and an honourable mention as well to the Penrith Panthers SG Ball team who came back from twenty nil down in one of the most topsy turvy matches you'll ever see to beat the Sydney Roosters in the SG Ball competition. Well, we it was a, another tough one here. I think, to be honest, I think Millie Boyle can consider herself very unlucky not to win this given all the other things she won this year. (laughs) Shut up. But the winner of this, (laughs) and it has to be said that to all the other opponents at that competition, as one of the members (laughs) said, enjoy your flight home, Nick Kyrgios and Tanasi Kokanakis, congratulations. You have won the Eric Cantona Award for Comeback of the Year.
3: And you know what? It's just that they won an award named after Eric Cantona.
1: It's just, it's very just. Yes. I reckon, I reckon Kyrgios, I reckon Cantona would have been Kyrgios' favourite football player as well. Could you, I reckon could, it would have been up there.
3: Could you imagine back in the 90s if Twitter was around?
1: Oh, Jesus.
3: And, and off I, I, the beaten track quickly, what about that ad Eric Cantona was on
1: for Pepsi? Oh, geez.
3: One of the greatest <laughs> ads ever. Anyway, we move on.
1: Uh, along there, up there with Murray Walker and Damon Hill for Pizza Hut.
3: What an ad.
1: We move on to award number three, the Michael Jordan Award for Moment of the Year. Last year, we awarded it to the 2021 Formula One finale in Abu Dhabi, the drama that occurred in that race. Ariane Shah, nomination number one. So this is Manly
2: United. They came back from the brink. They were down 1-0. And down to 10 men in extra time, only for Alan Aginovic to score twice at the end of extra time, sealing a 2-1 win. What a dramatic finish this was.
3: Yeah, and I'll tell you one thing about that, Ariane, because it is one of the, the greatest uh, comebacks ever. So a man down, they were Manly United. But this happened, and, and correct me if I'm wrong here, uh, Anthony, I think it was the 116th minute when they scored the equalising goal and then they scored right at the death and and Alex Molchanov, who called the game that day for TV, just summed up the emotion so well. And for Alan Aganovic, not just to score those goals, but to do it against the old club, it was, come on, come and get me. And that's what he did and did a fantastic job to make sure Manly got there and then a couple of great victories that led to a loss in the grand final, oddly enough, to Blacktown City.
1: But what a run it was. It, like, it just showed how close the MPL season was last year. Correct. Nomination number two, Nicholas.
3: Andrew Redmayne. Well, look, we spoke about the wiggle before. He is one of the greatest wiggly, 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 wiggles in the world. He dances, he saves, and he also says, Emma... How do I do the Canadian two-step? Well, he didn't need to do the Canadian two-step, but it was close enough to be in the Canadian two-step the way he made sure the Socceroos made it into the World Cup qualification against Peru Peru to make it into the the finals of the World Cup. And Peru are still trying to work out what they saw. They they didn't understand what a wiggle was before, and they're still struggling. I, I think what confused them was when they were watching the Wiggles and they had this guy in purple and they're going, wake up Jeff! Wake up Jeff!
2: Aria, nomination number three. This is the New South Wales Rugby League Women's Grand Final. 20 minutes of complete chaos with the match going to extra time and then a golden point finish to top it all off.
1: This was between the West Tigers and the Cronulla Sutherland Sharks. It was 10-6 at halftime to West Tigers. Nicholas, it was 18 all at full time. It was 20 all at the end of extra time. And then it was, I went to the West Tigers after Emily Kurd not only kicked a conversion in the last minute of extra time to send it to Golden Point and then kicked the field goal to win it for the West Tigers.
3: Yeah, amazing. An amazing situation. And, you know, it's something the West Tigers only win at Campbelltown Stadium. Uh, But they still won a premiership and a a great effort indeed and and great to see Women's Rugby League absolutely striving in this state and country. And hopefully we'll see more of it. Our next one, we stick with the New South Wales Rugby League. We're going to the Jersey uh, Jersey Fleet Grand Final. Now, the situation is Newcastle's leading Penrith. It's 18-6. The Panthers are playing like bastards, right? There's about 12 minutes to go. You're thinking they're no hope of winning this game. So the Panthers have tied up. They've scored two tries. They've tied things up. It's 18-all. We get into golden point. Now this is the description you heard on Hawkesbury Radio Sport. I know there's a Triple H call, but you need to listen to this because JP was in fine fettle to call this situation.
1: I'm here for a field goal. Fifth and last. Katoa hits it, uh, it looks all right, it's there! It's there for the Penrith Panthers! And the Penrith Panthers
2: have won the Jersey Grand final in the most
1: extraordinary, in the extraordinary way that you will ever see here at Combake Stadium. It's the Penrith Panthers 19, Newcastle Knights 18, and it's bloody the spam on Newcastle Knights bulching.
3: Well, I tell you now, he was excited, JP. Probably his best ever call. I told him the tyre after that because it was that good. But it was just an amazing game of footy. And the Panthers come out trumps. And we'll talk about more about the uh, the chocolate, sh- uh, chocolate Soldiers later on the program because we can talk about those guys for days and days. But uh, a fantastic moment there, the Jersey Fleet Grand Final from 2022.
1: Wow, what an what an event an event it was, and what a call it was! Did he say Combank or Cumbank? No,
3: <laughs> he said Combank. Don't worry, <laughs> Matt Cummins is not bowling. into uh, I can't say the story, but let's just say there was a nickname that uh, the uh, commentary commentary collective of New Zealand sport. Uh, they're basically a Roy and HG type of comic style broadcasting. Well, they called Cummings something dog uh, first three letters of his surname. That's all I'm going to say.
1: Oh, dear, oh, dear. That's all that needs to be said there. Ariane, there is nomination number four in that list we need you to mention and what a moment it was for football.
2: Yeah, I think it really started the belief and development and excitement for Australia into this World Cup. The fact that Craig Goodwin scored a goal that early against France. I know that, Australia didn't win, they weren't expected to, but the fact they showed that aggression and showed that fight so early, I think it was a precursor to how the rest of their campaign was going to go.
1: Now, this is a really difficult one we've got here because this is the one we've had the most conjecture of in terms of who wins this. Uh, when it came down to the shortlist, it was originally the Penrith Panthers or Andrew Redmayne. I think after a tiebreaker, I think it's going to go to the Penrith Panthers for the Jersey flag comeback, especially considering that they, they scored 12 points with seven minutes left to get the win. The Michael Jordan award for moments of the year was the Penrith Panthers Jersey flag comeback from 18 six down. What a performance that was
3: amazing. amazing. Oh,
1: absolutely. So Congratulations to the Penrith Panthers jersey flag, the winners of the Michael Jordan Award for Moment of the Year. We now go to our final award before we take our break. It is award number four, the Paolo De Canio Award for most sporting beha- um, behaviour won last year by Cedric Dubla. And for those who are unaware why it is named after probably one of the most flamboyant footballers of all time, Paolo DeCanio is, of course, known for having been one of the most celebrated acts of sportsmanship in football where when playing for West Ham United against Everton, seeing the opposition goalkeeper going down with a snapped hamstring, not not pulled, not not torn, completely snapped. He had an open goal to shoot at after a cross, and instead of shooting, caught the ball so the player could receive treatment. Honourable. And even the Everton fans stood up and gave him an applause for the act. The nominations, please, Nicholas, number one.
3: Okay, we're going to Asvik Sharp. So what happened there? He refused to run out Andy McBride after a collision with Kamal Singh in the qualifications for the T20 World Cup. And you know what? You don't see that in cricket enough. Normally it's about... uh, finding every way to get somebody out. Well, as I said, congratulations to Asveek Shah because, um, you know what, could have, probably should have made sure the run-out happened, but refused. In that situation, well done.
1: Ariane Shah, nomination number two.
2: This is George Russell, and he risked serious injury to help Joel Guangyu after his horrific crash at the 2020 British F1 Grand Prix. Um, and this was amazing just because we know that any injury, especially on a racetrack or anyone trying to get into the middle of that injury, it's one of the most dangerous things that you could be doing, and the fact that George Russell risked his own safety to help someone else in such a dangerous situation, I don't think you can really go past it.
1: Nomination number three, Nick.
3: Francesco Surundolo forfeited a point to Andy Murray at the 2022 US Open for a double bounce. Now, you don't hear about this a lot, Double bounces—you don't normally hear that in cricket either, unless uh, you watch me bowl. But <coughs> <laughs> I, you know, I've got wickets twice doing that. It's a shame it's illegal now. Like,
1: so, so is Mark Taylor.
3: I was fighting. I was fighting the ICC and the MCC. You can't make it illegal. Come on, this is the only way I get wickets. But yeah, look, uh, Francesco did a fantastic job there. And you know what? Still, could the see sportsmanship exist in the world of
1: sport? Ariane, nomination number four and something very close to you, given it is one of your favorite sports in AFL.
2: Yeah, and this was Max Grzyzewski, and he sacrificed his two-kilometer time trial at the 2022 AFL draft combined to help Lewis Hayes across the line after he collapsed with exhaustion. But I think this just shows that innately in everyone's nature is a desire to help and have a fair go, even if it means that they themselves sacrifice an opportunity to get ahead, which I think is such a powerful thing.
1: It is absolutely indeed. Four worthy nominations for this, but there can only be one winner. And as Ariane alluded to, this person risked his own life in some ways to go and help a fallen comrade during a race that is normally known for being incredibly high speed. There was some other stupidity that occurred during the course of that that similar event, but we focus on the good part of this. He saw an opposition driver buried into the tyre walls and he rushed over to help him. George Russell, a worthy winner, of the Palo de Caneo Award for most sporting behaviour. Nick, I still have visions of that entire event scarred into my mind.
3: Yeah, it's one of the most scariest incidents we've seen in Formula 1, probably not the worst. And I say that because I think the worst is what we saw back in 2020. And we always say, thank God for the Halo, because if the Halo wasn't around, we could have seen some more deaths. And that was a scary situation for... Uh, Grosjean in 2020, but even uh, uh, Grognu, like he was close to death's door in that situation. Lucky he survived. And again, you know what? That halo it does a lot of good than bad. And everybody was whinging about it to begin with. Well, it saved a lot of lives.
1: It has absolutely. Well, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to take a break, and when we come back, we're going to have part two of the Golden Hs for 2022. You are listening to Splinters, the Bench podcast, on Triple H 100.1 FM, streaming on the web at www.triplehfm.com.au, and available for download at podcast.com, triplehfm.com.au, and wherever you get your podcasts. We'll be right back.
0: It's time for the crew to catch their breath. We'll be back after this short break. Do you think the government deserves more of your hard-earned money? If not, make sure you talk to Atlas Chartered Accountants. Atlas Chartered Accountants makes sure the money you earn stays in your pocket through legal tax planning strategies, from finding that last tax deduction to tax-effective business structures for asset protection purposes, so you can invest in what really matters, your family and business. Visit their website at ihatetax.com.au. Atlas Chartered Accountants, they are dedicated to you and dedicated station sponsors of Triple H 100.1 FM.
3: Your
2: local RSL is at the heart of every community and there is none better in the hornsby Coringai area than the Hornsby RSL. Whether you're planning a major event, dinner with family or
0: friends, or having a quiet night at your local, Hornsby RSL is the place to be. Rediscover what enjoying life is all about. With regular weekly events, special entertainment, and some of the best eateries in Sydney, we have you covered for a great night out.
2: As always, drink responsibly. Support the club that supports. Come to Hornsby RSL at 4 High Street, Hornsby or get in touch on 94 and at hornsbyrsl.com.au. The Hornsby RSL proud station
0: sponsors of Triple H, 100.1 FM.
2: Want to look your sporting best on and off the field? Then make sure you get kitted out with ISC Sport Teamwear. ISC Sport are Australia's leading name in custom sports uniforms with a wide range of sportswear tailored to your team's needs. 100% Australian owned and fully customisable, ISC Sport cover all four winter codes and cricket, basketball, netball and hockey, as well as training and outerwear, ensuring you look the part when representing your community. As Don Rizzuto would say, look sharp and play pretty with ISC Sport. Visit their website, iscsport.com, for more information. ISC Sport, official clothing partners of Triple H 100.1 FM.
3: Streaming on the web at www.triplehfm.com.au.
0: Looking for a fun night out with family and friends? Then come to The Hidden Gem in the hornsby Coringai area, The Attic. Located inside Hornsby RSL, the Attic provides all the fun and excitement you can expect from a bowling and arcade bar in an intimate location that ensures a real gaming experience for everyone. With four 10-pin bowling lanes, Australia's first augmented reality bowling experience and a selection of traditional and custom-built arcade games, The Attic is the place to let your inner child run wild. So make sure you book your next night out at The Attic at 4 High Street, Hornsby. Call them on 94 777, 777 or book via their website at theattichornsby.com.au. The Attic, part of Hornsby RSL, station sponsors of Triple H 100.1 FM. Welcome back to Splinters, your no holds barred sports
1: podcast. Welcome back to Splinters, the Bench Podcast on Triple H 100.1 FM, streaming on the web at triple and available for download at podcast.com, triple and wherever you get your podcasts. Anthony Caruso with Ariane Shah and Nick Kutnyak as we go through. The 2022 Golden H's, we have gone through our first four awards. It is now time for award number five. And, Nick, it is a very special one for us, given that we are motorsport fanatics. It is the Murray Walker Memorial Award for Sports Journalist or Commentator of the Year.
3: Yes, and it's a great name because it deserves to have the icon of world sport and not just F1 Broadcasting. Murray Walker did commentary across bikes and uh, in the four wheels. He he caught, of course, uh, the BTCC, which was, as we know, back in the day on record, so post-production. So they'll do the commentary afterwards and did a fantastic job of that, but also has called events in Australia, including two Bathurst 1000s, the official Bathurst 1000 for 97-98 because that was under the Bathurst 1000 name because – the V8 Supercar one was technically under the classics. So, just for anybody that wants to play, if you are to ask which one was the official one, it was the Super Touring one. And also, it's called Other Great Events and uh, was the track caller for the Adelaide 500 for many, many years.
1: And the great one of the best visions we ever had of him was him going out with Brad Jones to commentate a live lap in the car at Bathurst. It was absolutely awesome to watch that. And sticking to
3: a motorsport theme, our first nomination is Jensen Button. Now, Jensen Button, a fantastic year when he is covered for Martin Brundle in the few races he has done, and he is ready to go for a permanent gig. My question is, and and I think this is something, Anthony, I'd love to discuss with you. Do you think it's time for the F1 to look at three commentators in the booth to, you know, give Martin Brundle just a bit less and same as Crofty so we can have this partnership for a couple of years. Three voices, I think, is a great amount in a broadcast box for the F1. It's a long race. You still go to the pits. You still go to Sky Control. I think it would be a great idea to have Jensen Button alongside Brundle and Crofty.
1: It's a tough call, this one here, because I I liked what Jensen Button did. Um, I think, you know, he'll never be Martin Brundle, but I'll tell you what, he's the next best option and he ran close. I reckon you could go three. And you know what it does? It actually takes some of the pressure off Crofty as well. Because yeah. he didn't exactly have the best of years, did he?
3: Well, look, and and I said that before, I think it's it's great because it it just it's less stress for Brundle and Croft for both of them. And and I think it'll be more of a discussion that would be great for the broadcast. But anyway, we just await and see what they do there. But Jensen Button, number one on the list.
1: Ariane, right, number two. Yeah,
2: and this is one of our own. A very special mention here to Kiwi Mick Rynish. He always has so much energy, analysis, passion, and one of the best accents for a rugby league caller. So he definitely gets a mention.
1: Not, not biased here at all, <sighs> are we? Not biased at all. Kiwi are we? Mick
3: Rainish, Seriously? Like, very good broadcaster. But seriously, Kiwi <laughs> Mick Rainish? Like Like, hello, Kiwi <laughs> Mick? Like, I haven't heard <laughs> him from the New South Wales Rugby League. Ser- no, he's a great caller.
1: A great caller but- <laughs> uh, Nicholas, I'm going to give you number four because I know you'd love to talk about this guy here oh, in particular.
3: I'm ready to go with this one. His name is Matthew Thompson. Now, I am going to be biased here because I'm allowed to be biased on this one. So, Matthew Thompson, right? He, he he's come through the ranks in a great fashion. So he came through on local radio, which oddly enough was Hawkesbury radio, and he was a sideline eye for rugby, not not rugby league, rugby. The Shoot Shield coverage, and I felt sorry for him because he had to do uh, Penrith Emu games, uh, but he came from that situation. He grew into doing reports on Two GB around the grounds,
1: then doing commentary on Fox. Was was he? Where where would you have rated him with the Velvet Fog?
3: Ah, oh, Donny Mosley's number one on the list. Look, okay, this is a different a different question. I need to give you a couple of answers here. So, Donny Mosley, absolutely right but there was a guy on 2GB and I'm talking about the old 2GB Hollywood and Zorba Brian Surtees, who used oh, to yes. play games uh, in Illawarra and then he was doing around the grounds later for 2GB I just love his voice Penroth, 11 Illawarra 10 13 minutes to go at Wynn Stadium something like that I can't do the <laughs> it was something like that and and I love it and then Tim Prentice as well and and then and then when um Magoo didn't want to travel because he never took flights to Brisbane. He hated flying. So he would do around the grounds. And there was a game where it was one of the worst games. It was West playing, right? He's like, this is a bludger of a game. West 12, Penrith 24. (laughs) Like, he just caught it like it is. But – Going back to Matt Thompson, comes through the ranks on 2GB, continuous call team, goes to Fox, calls uh, the NYC. Then he goes into working for a betting agency for a few years. Then he comes back into the Channel 9 fold. He's calling games on Triple M. He's calling games on 2GB. But he's working on his television craft. Last year it was looking more and more likely he will probably be the man to take over Rabs. He gets the nod this year. And it is a difficult assignment when you're trying to take over one of the greatest rugby league calls on television that anybody has heard ever, right? And Matt did a very good job. The The origin series, he was pinpoint, the grand final pinpoint. A lot of people might not like his style, but I think he has let the game breathe, especially the big moments in the big games. So Matt Thompson deserves... A round of applause for what he's been able to do this season, and you know what? Become the voice of rugby league, and and also guess what he's becoming the voice of as well for Channel Nine. What's that? Swimming. Ah, yes. So, oh, so there you go. So he's
1: following uh, Ray Warren again.
3: Well, mate, who knows if uh, if they can get the, uh, the the cricket rights again? But
1: What's but on? but here's the question: Can he can he go and do what he used to do, which was Thorpe? Hackett.
3: Oh. Hackett, Hackett! Hackett and Thorpe! Hackett and Thorpe! There's nothing in it! Well, and, oh. and, but the best call of, of uh, Warren, and every single time I'm just going to do it, daily, daily, daily for the corner! Oh, Rabs. Oh. In peak Rabs, It was fantastic. Okay, next one on the list, Ariane Shah.
2: Yeah, and this is Simon Hill. He reinforced his place as the voice of football in Australia. He's deserved better than the treatment he's currently received from Fox Sports, Optus, and, of course,
1: Paramount+. He hasn't been at his best, but i tell you what, this is one, Nick, for sheer perseverance with all the BS that Simon Hill has had to put up over the years.
3: Well, see, this is where I've got to say, and Simon hasn't been at his best, and and I've said that for quite a while, but I say it because I'm actually frustrated for him because, uh, to be honest, when he said, oh, you know, if I don't call the A-League for any of the networks who pick it up, I'm leaving the England. I actually wanted him to go back to the UK because I think he should be calling the Premier League. He's such a great broadcaster. I, I actually think it's a travesty in a lot of regards. He did not call the World Cup. Like, he should oh, be great. on a World Cup broadcast. And if he was calling for a European league, he would have been on one of the broadcasts. He would have been at least, at least a world feed caller or maybe on Fox Sports US because you got Ian Dark, you got JP De La Camera, all those guys, and Simon Hill because he's Paramount Plus and SPS of the side of the go to David Bashir first and David Bashir did a very good job. No question about that. And and Martin Tyler, any opportunity you could have Martin Tyler exclusively, you've got to take it. Doesn't matter how old he is. So look, I I, I, this is why I've really been annoyed with Simon Hill. I don't think he's been calling well. And I get frustrated because I think he should be overseas. I think he should be back in the UK. He should be calling the Premier League, either on radio or television. It, It wouldn't really matter to me. But he should be back there in the UK. That and and that's because I believe he deserves to be calling the big events, absolutely, Euros, world cups, all that. So, so there's the frustration on that, and and I don't think because a lot of people have said you bag out Simon Hill so much, and I go, I only have a lot of crit- I only have criticism about his commentary because I feel like he's going through the motions here. And oh, that totally, he should be overseas where he where he should be because he is a world-class core. That, that's where my frustration with Simon Hill comes to. And and I'm being serious. I think he is a fantastic broadcaster, and that's where he should be, overseas.
1: Now, we've got the last one here for you, Nick, and it's one that a lot of people would not have expected us to mention, but he thoroughly deserves it.
3: I've got to say, a few years ago, I said James Graham should not be on radio or television. I can't understand what he's saying. But over the last couple of years, he's picked up his uh, – Diction, so we can understand the uh, the once hard to listen to Englishman to a decentish accent, and he's been fantastic on Triple M. He's been great on Fox Sports on the various uh, pundit shows. He is a great expert, and you know what? He calls it like it is. That <laughs> that game where he lost his mind, the West Tigers Cowboys, uh, yeah, the West Tigers Cowboys game in uh, North Queensland, the one that. Uh, the West Tigers got rewarded. He he blew a chicken. Like he was that excited. No, not excited. That peeved off at the referee. He blew not just one chicken, probably three chickens. He was that excited. So James Graham deserves to be on that list. I'm surprised,
1: I'm surprised he didn't get fined by the NRL for it. Well,
3: criticism there. And I see, that's the thing. How can you get fined for an opinion when you are an unbiased broadcaster? You're being unbiased, right? You can't be biased towards the NRL. Because, and this is my biggest problem, and I know we're going to go into a bit of a tangent here, but this is what I do have an issue with, with say, the NBL. That like, when you have a broadcaster that's produced by the NBL, produced by the sport, you can't have an opinion. That's why I think the supercars coverage has gone downhill, because there's no opinion, because they're worried if they say something, supercars will get him in trouble. So this is where I think a lot of things should be independent because then opinions are allowed to happen. And I think it's good for the sport when you have somebody not rubbishing, but having a very critical opinion, because then the sport can go, actually, you know what? They make a fair point. We should change this whole thing going, Oh, we just have to be nice to everybody. I I think, I think all of us do see it as what it is. It's just a pile of garbage. And, and I know it's a tangent, but it's just an opinion that I think a lot of people have.
1: Absolutely. Well, it, it, it can never, this is following on from last year's winner, a well-deserved winner in Ishigua, who won the hearts of the Australian cricket community for her brilliant, comment, her brilliant and witty commentary. This time, we've gone for someone who's probably had the most difficult um, job to do, which is to follow in the footsteps of one of the legends of, of calling in Australian sports media, and he has done it with a plumb, not trying to be flashy, not trying to replicate the great man himself, but to be his own person, call it as, call the game for what it is and give it the respect it deserves. And for him to have started from community radio, just makes it that much more special as well. Matt Thompson, congratulations. The winner of the Murray Walker Memorial Award for sports journalist or commentator of the year. And Nick, a very worthy winner indeed in Matt Thompson.
3: Yeah, well-deserved. And uh, Matt Thompson, who actually believe it on a couple of years ago, he actually used to listen to our Sports Watch program when we had the the Panthers players join us. And I'm talking about the Cricket Panthers because we covered our radio coverage. We didn't call the game, but we did a very in-depth look, especially of the day one action because we're on Saturday morning. So it was a a couple-day of match, right? So we can preview it properly, right? Review a first day, preview a weekend, and we got a lot of people and, and he was retweeting it. So uh, that's why Matt Thompson deserves what he deserves because he, he understands where all these broadcasters come from when we have to go through this level. So great man and uh, well-deserved.
1: We now move on to award number six, the brand-new award for this time around, I think one that's going to be sticking around for quite a while. It is the Ange Postacoglu Award for Coach or Manager of the Year uh, and, Nick, it has to be said, we love B Ange on this show. Oh, mate, the
3: Ange. he is uh, a fantastic manager, does a fantastic job. Look,
1: Do you sorry, welcome please. the scrutiny? Do you welcome the scrutiny? In terms of
3: what exactly? Anything. Well, Anything. Look I, look, I think his record speaks for itself. Look at his A-League credentials. Look at what he's done in the Scottish Premier League. Okay, look, they're never going to win a Euro, they're not going to win a Europa, right? They they just can't win a Champions League, right? And 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 look, some people might say it's it's unfair to say that, but I, I don't think he'll ever bring a Celtic side to win that competition. If he if he does end up in the EPL or say, for instance, the Spanish La Liga or Bundesliga or League One, then I think he could actually win a Europa title, and potentially a Champions League. Uh, Look, he he brought the Socceroos into an Asian Cup victory in 2015. Yeah, you could say it was home ground advantage, but still, we won an Asian Cup with the big Ange. World Cup qualifications, okay, doesn't have a great World Cup finals record, but I still think it speaks for itself, his figures. So, well-deserved, and I, I don't think there should be as much criticism because he's the best manager Australian football
1: has ever produced. Full stop, end of sentence. Absolutely. Ariane, let's go to nomination number one here for the Ange Postacoglu Award for Coach or Manager of the Year.
2: Yeah, and this is David Perkevich. He led the North West Sydney Spirit Football Club to the Waratah Cup and promotion to the New South Wales Premier League. New South Wales win. Oh uh, yeah, New
1: South Wales, which is pretty amazing. It is a brilliant performance here, and, and it has to be said, one of the nicest blokes going around in foot in the NPL football as we speak. Nicholas nomination number two, Adam Griffiths.
3: Uh, he's uh, great work with Manly, especially when he knew he was going to leave the club at the end of the season to move into A League situations. Look. Fantastic work. He got Manly to second place. It was a young side, of course, and they made the MPL final. And remember how they did it as well. They knocked off Sydney Olympic. Like they knocked off Sydney Olympic in the major semi to make it into the grand final. They shouldn't have been there, to be honest. It should have been Sydney Olympic making their way. And they went to bed twice. But to see Adam Griffiths bring Manly to a grand final. And, and in all in all due respect, like, if Manly score, if, if that goal is called, if the offside wasn't seen, or if it wasn't offside, or the handball, sorry, not offside, it was a handball. If there was no handball, I think Manly might end up winning that game. Like, to be brutally honest, I think that's what hurt him when... The call was made going, ah, there's a handball. It gave Blacktown that extra step. And I think it could have been Manly's grand final win that day if it wasn't for the handball.
1: Anyway. Let's move on to nomination number three to Ariane.
2: Yep. And this is Craig Fitzsimmons, another brilliant first. Sorry, Fitzgibbon. Another brilliant first-year coach turning the Cronulla Sharks from cellar dwellers to players in the finals, which they actually got, I think, about halfway through. So a brilliant return as a first-year coach and big things coming from Cronulla, who could probably finally be seen as a side to fear once again.
3: And one thing I'll say about that too uh – Anthony is Craig Fitzgibbon. I don't think the mainstream media, because they don't realize rugby league existed in the the early 1990s, especially these young kids. They want to know what the uh, New South Wales rugby league was, but Craig Fitzgibbon, like he was taking a role that his father had back in the late eighties, early nineties. I speak of Alan Fitzgibbon. So I think that's a lot of pressure because a it's your first gig but B, you're taking over a side that your father once coached. So I think that doesn't get spread enough or understood. Like it's, it's a massive situation and he deserves the praise because the Sharks had a big year and he made sure of the fact they had a big year.
1: Absolutely. Nomination number four, Nick.
3: Okay. So Chris Scott, well, look, he's a fantastic coach and, Geelong had a fantastic year once again in the Aussie rules. It was a great AFL season from them. Disappointing that uh, they couldn't uh, roll over on the grand final because it would have been nice to see the Swans win. But, like, being serious, it was fantastic how he's got that side mowing along. and, And we've said it for years, Geelong should be falling behind. And they have fallen behind in some respects. But to see him come back and the way they did this year was fantastic. And this dynasty is going to happen, I think, for the Cats.
1: Nomination number five to Ariane. This is Tony
2: Popovich, and is showing why he's arguably the best manager in Australia after turning Melbourne victory around from last to premiership and the championship winners. Quite a radical transformation and one that probably won't be repeated
1: for quite some time. Absolutely. What a turnaround it was for Melbourne Victory to 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 do what they did last year in the A-League. A late inclusion, Nick, for nomination number six, but a worthy one all the same. And as the big man for the Socceroos himself.
3: Oh, yes. Graham Arnold, mate. Graham Arnold was fantastic for the Socceroos this year. Uh Look, everybody could say, "Oh, you know, you only barely got us to qualify for the World Cup, this and that, and all this rubbish." And, and these punters—they piss off, please. <laughs> yeah, you know what? Oh, yeah, it's just shut up, okay? But think about it. It got us to the World Cup, just scraping the teeth, boarding house, scrape the butter, whatever you want to use—a uh, pin, you know what? But still, got us into a situation where we a scored a goal against France. Okay, we lost, but. We move on. Then we went against Tunisia, which still people thought we can't win against Tunisia. Then we beat Denmark. And then we went down gallantly against Argentina. That meant we made a round of 16, but like we made a round of 16. We won two games in the world cup. We actually scored goals in general play, which we have struggled in the past. We actually were good in the world cup. And it shows that Graham Arnold is actually a very good manager but it's a, it's it's actually a really interesting situation. He's a competition or a cup coach. And when I say that, he needs to be constantly with a side. And that is the issue with being a national coach is you don't see your team enough. And most of the time, you're only playing two games at a time. So... I think, and you only meet each other two days before the first game, so it will be interesting what happens to Graham Arnold. But I think he needs to change up how he manages, and and I say in regards to being hit the ground running because he does struggle with that. This is why I think Graham Arnold will probably look to go elsewhere, and when I say elsewhere, I think he would probably be more beneficial at a club side, and maybe we could see him return to Sydney FC, but deserves it nevertheless for his efforts this year at the Socceroos.
1: Absolutely. Quite a few nominations for football this year, given the the year that it was all round, and a few people to consider this were very unlucky, but considering the level that he started from, the level that he's going to, and the trophy that he won this year, you cannot go past David Perkovic, to win the Ange Postacoglu Award for Coach or Manager of the Year. The job he did with Northwest Sydney Spirit is one that is simply brilliant and we may not see repeated for years to come. We now move on to the first of the major awards, the Golden H for Team of the Year, last year won by Red Bull Racing Formula One, Ariane Shah, nomination number one.
2: Yeah, and this goes deservedly to the Penrith Panthers, who won a possible six out of seven premierships at a range of different levels. The best return for an overall club in rugby league history, and it really shows that the Penrith dynasty is
1: well and truly alive. And I dare say, Nick, will be alive for years to come as well, given how much depth there is now at the club.
3: It's a big nursery. It's a massive nursery the Panthers have got, and it goes back to what Gus has done. Everybody always talks about this five-year plan and this and that, blah blah blah. But look, at the end of the day, it's more than five years when you're setting up a situation like the Panthers, and they're set up now for a good twenty years, to be honest. Twenty years they're set up, and 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 you know what? It will be more than that because instead of staying stagnant, they'll keep on rolling, and they'll they'll put in they'll put more what's the best word they'll they'll make iterations and changes as such to make sure that they keep on going one more step then one more step then one more step so i could see a big dynasty to come for the panthers and it'll be fantastic our next on the list i don't know why you make me uh, announce this because this is pathetic Man City. Like, seriously, Man City. Why why are we talking about Man City? I hate Man City. I'm a Man United supporter. I know. I I Uh, know. But Manchester City had dominated dominated in the 21-22 Premier League season like never before and continued to execute excellence. And you know what? Like Will Ferrell said in the movie, you know what Man City can do? They can push out excellence from their body. They're that good. I can't exactly say what he did say, but
1: close enough. It would it would be if it was a wrestling match, you would be expecting it to be like Brett the Hitman Heart. Let's let's be honest with that. Absolutely. Exactly. Absolutely. Ariane Shah nomination number three. Yeah, and this goes to Red Bull
2: Racing F1, rightfully so. Um then they went the next step winning the Constructors Championship by
1: a very long way. Absolutely, and Nick just the way they did it in the second half of the year was just stupid, honestly.
3: Yeah, and look, I think a lot of people say it was a missed opportunity to not have one too because uh, Max Verstappen ended up being a deal and not let Sergio Perez get points that he deserved. But anyway, when that uh, relationship breaks up, because it will break up next year at some point when uh, we see our good friend uh, Daniel Ricciardo drive at the back end of the season, uh, when Sergio Perez is gone. Uh, and and that's just an opinion of what's going to happen next year because I think there's going to be a toxic environment. But even in a toxic environment, Red Bull are just dominating the F1. Like, it just shows how much machinery is helping them and they've got a great back staff. It's just the two pretty boys, you know, fighting about what toys do they want this week. So I, I think... Being serious, Red Bull going to continue to dominate for the years to come unless Mercedes can work out their porpoising issues, uh, which will be good to see if uh, Flipper can sort that out. And also if uh, Ferrari can, you know, move on after Mr. Bean, you know, failed for them over the last couple of years in Scudera. Um, so, look, let's just hope that uh, we see some combatants next year. But, look, I think Red Bull going to be, Dominant, and it doesn't matter if they're going to have less time with a wind tunnel because for them, it doesn't matter. They've got Adrian
1: Adrian Newey. They don't need the time.
3: Exactly right. Exactly right. Next on the list is Melbourne Victory. We spoke about this before, but from last to first, a fantastic achievement for the victory. Unheard of in the A-League. And guess what? Guess what? They they deserve everything. That 21-22 season was amazing.
1: And Ari, well, actually, I'm going to stay with you, Nick, because this is a special one for you, nomination number five.
3: Yeah, look, this is a great story because they have been the dominated. They've been one of the dominating teams for years, right? And I'm actually finally getting an opportunity to watch that, uh, you know, inside line series from their 2021 season, right? Which they were fantastic, but 2022 was just another beast. They went another gear. Shane Van Gisbergen basically dominated the year and dominated very well. you are going to remember as well, this year, they had a situation where Jamie Winkup retires from full-time driving. You bring Brock Feeney in, and Brock Feeney's having a learning year, and and nothing wrong with that. A learning year is what you need for a driver. But then to still have a man like uh, SVG who just doesn't give a you-know-what and just keeps on going hard, and uh, he was dominating this season and deserved to be the champion. Like Say what you want about him. A lot of people do not like his attitude, but you know what? So be it. That's just the SVG way, and he's actually a nice bloke. He's just – he's a racer. He's not a media person. He's a racer, and he's a very good racer, and and they deserve the accolades. So one and six, of course, is where they ended up this year with Brock Fanny finishing – Sixth on the list. But I just want to break down something, right? Because it still was a dominating year, but you know think of the fact that in the top 10, they had three of the 10 cars. And, and some people go, oh, what are you talking about? I'm talking about Red Bull machinery because Mark Winterbottom, who actually finished ninth, the Irwin Racing Team actually drive... Commodores supplied by 888, so it just shows what it was, and and next year, 888 are going to make sure that they are dominating with the Camaro, and and, and the other thing too, and that's the other thing as well, they've done a lot of testing for it, Red Bull, they've been testing a new car, making sure the new regulations are going to be up to standard next year to have good racing, so let's see what happens uh, in regards to that, but uh, a special year, it was Holden's last year in supercar racing they'll be still around in super two and uh younger categories or support categories but look you know what the greatest team red bull that have ever lived in australian motorsport and triple eight continue to show why they will not be stopped roland dane might be retired but you got jess dane who is pretty much like her father in terms of making sure the business operation goes well. And uh, she uh, makes sure she supports supports SVG in more ways than what we can imagine. And uh, also see the skill of Jamie Wincup as he moves himself into a team principal role and he's doing a very good job.
1: Absolutely. Well, not much can be said about this one. Some very worthy nominations there. And one drinks company, very excited to have two nominations, I guess, in the in the lineup itself. But while Red Bull Racing did walk, eventually walk away with it, it wasn't the sheer dominance that we saw from Red Bull Racing and Pole. A brilliant performance by them. As stated, um, they, they just were un, completely unstoppable. And a, what a way to send off Holden in their very last year in the supercars competition the Golden Age for Team of the Year for 2022 to Red Bull Racing Ampole. We now move on to our last award, the Golden Age for Individual Sports Star of the Year, last year's winner, Ash Barty, Ariane, nomination number one.
2: Well, we may have unearthed Australia's next golfing superstar in Cameron Smith, the 2022 Open champion. Our first major winner since Jason Day won the PGA Championship and our first Open champion since Greg
1: Norman. And that was a long time ago. I think it was 1993 at Royal St. George's down in Kent. A very long time between wins there. Brilliantly done by Cameron Smith, probably probably now the most popular person to come out of Queensland right now. Nick Kutnyak, number two. It's going to pain you just mention this one as well.
3: Oh, Erling Haaland, a Norwegian football genius who has successfully made the jump to the Premier League and has displayed fewer class in his time so far.
1: He, he I've got to say, he's been brilliant. But what, what I've been most impressed with as well has been his attitude towards football. It, it is genuinely classy. There's no history on him. He goes in, he plays hard, he plays fair.
3: No, yeah, exactly right. And I think uh, this list, as we keep on discussing it, there's amazing people on this list. And the next one is just amazing genius, Ariane.
2: Yeah, and this is Max Verstappen, and he's become the youngest ever double Formula One world champion, completely dominating the second half of the championship. I think winning, with. correct me if I'm wrong, three or four Races to spare. There was more and
1: than leaving... I think. There was five races to spare, wasn't it?
3: I think officially they'll say three or four, but yeah. really, it's tied up with five to go.
1: And
2: leaving everyone else in his wake, a big future, and I fear, kind of like a new Hamilton is about to
1: be born. Well. He broke, correct if I'm wrong, Nicholas, but he broke the previous double world champion youngest ever record, which I think was Fernando Alonso, if I remember rightly.
3: Yeah, and uh, broke uh, Schumacher's record for most wins in a season as well. So he was just on fire. Look, he's a terrible bloke. There's no question about that. Gun driver, like no, but you, but you know what? You have to be an a hole to be a successful driver. We well, go back to SVG. Look, he's an a hole, right? And and he is a nice bloke. To people in his inner circle, but you've got to be an a-hole to be good at your job. Like, and especially in an environment like racing a car, three hundred kilometers an hour, and especially when you're in an F1 open wheeler, it, 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 it is a situation where you've got to be an a-hole to be good at your job. Lewis Hamilton, a-hole, right? Let's let's not tonight, a-hole. Yeah, now absolutely. Nice because he's not doing well, but that's what we just need to see Max Verstappen be a little bit more of a team. Oriented person, but at the same time, he's going to keep on winning championships for years to come.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Nomination number four, Nicholas.
3: Patty Mills, an incredible performance in the NBA for the Brooklyn Nets and leading the Boomers to bronze at the Olympics, of course, last year. Champion bloke, both on and off the court, he's fantastic to watch, and uh, he is doing some great things in the NBA.
1: And I wish some other people the Brooklyn Nets would take note on how to be a champion bloke. And I'm looking at you, Kyrie Irving and Ben Simmons. Just calling it out there straight away. Mm -hmm. Ariane, our final nomination for the Golden Age. And who knows, we could see history made with this one.
2: This is Ash Barty. She signed off in her true style uh, from her tennis career after winning the Australian Open, the first Australian to win. Australian Women's Singles title since Chris O'Neill all the way back in
1: 1978. Absolute class on and off the field. Uh, great Five great nominations. Well, we've been waiting to see if we we're going to have a double win. And I'm very happy to say, ladies and gentlemen, we have it. She has now won this award for the second time in a row. The Golden Age for Individual Sports Star of the Year has gone to Ash Barty, and Nicholas, may the Barty party live on. Yeah, the Barty
3: party. We love it, and she is a fantastic tennis player. Look, yes, retired, but she'll probably come back, or if she does go back in the sport, she might give cricket another crack, or she might get into the uh, the golf, or maybe we might see her on a Richmond tigers Guernsey, uh playing for the uh, Tigers, because she does love the Aussie rules as well. But- she-
1: she loves a beer as well. She can down a beer as well. That's what that's what makes her that much better as well.
3: Well, yeah, some people say that, but anyway, we move forward.
1: <laughs> Indeed. Well, ladies and gentlemen, that a is full-time here for the 2022 Golden Ages. Thank you so much for joining us throughout the year 2022. I want to thank our guest, Ariane Shah, for joining us here, and we look forward to working with you in 2023.
2: Yes, I look forward to it as well. Nicholas, a
1: a pleasure to have you with us. And uh, 2023 is shaping up to be another big year of sports indeed.
3: Yeah, it should be a fantastic year. We are looking forward to it. Uh, So much to talk about, especially next year. We've got uh, a few events uh, that uh, will be covered, including the FIFA Women's World Cup, which is going to be fantastic to watch.
1: Absolutely. Ladies and gentlemen.
3: And an Asian Cup. Which will be in surprise, surprise, Qatar in the middle of the hot season.
1: Oh, they thought this one through, didn't they? Uh,
3: Well, see, in fairness, right, supposed to be in China next year, but uh, due to the fact that China's locking everybody out because you're not allowed to go outside your home, still in China, well, that's the situation. (laughs)
1: Indeed, indeed. Ladies and gentlemen, that is full time here on Splinters, the Bench Podcast on Triple H 100.1 FM, streaming on the web at triple and available for download at podcast.com, triple and wherever you get your podcasts. On behalf of Ariane Shah and Nicholas Kutnyak, I'm Anthony Caruso. Run hard or run
0: home. Good night. Thank you for joining us for Splinters, your no-holds-barred sports podcast. You can also find us streaming on the web at www.hhfm.com.au and available for download at podcasts.com and all good podcast and streaming sites.